Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. Performing from memory can be a pretty liberating experience, but it can be an awfully stressful and anxiety-inducing experience too, especially if you've experienced a memory slip or even a near-memory slip in the past. So you may have wondered how some folks seem to be able to memorize so much music so easily and effectively. Spoiler alert, it's often not as easy as it might appear. But another important thing to ask is the question of when. As in, when is the best time to start memorizing a new piece that you're working on? Before we explore that question, let's take a step back to take a quick look at the literature on testing. Because our tendency is to think of tests as an assessment tool, a necessary evil that we all have to endure so teachers can see if we've learned anything. Kind of like going to the dentist to see if you've been brushing and flossing regularly. So naturally, we have a tendency to avoid anything that feels like a test. But what if we're wrong about tests? What if they actually serve a different role than we think? A pair of Washington University researchers wanted to explore tests from a different perspective. They were interested in finding out if tests could actually help enhance learning rather than just measure it. So in a 2006 study, researchers recruited 180 undergraduate students to read and study a short passage from the reading comprehension section of a test prep book. Everyone was assigned randomly to one of three study groups. The study, 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 study group received four five-minute study periods to study the passage. The study, study, study test group received three study periods and then took a practice test where they had 10 minutes to recall as much of the passage as they could. And the study test 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 group received one study period, followed by three practice tests. And then everyone took a final test to see how much learning actually took place. But there was an important twist. Half of the participants took the final test shortly after completing their last study session or practice test. The other half of the participants didn't take the final test right away. They were asked to come back to the lab a full week later for their test to see how much of the material actually stuck. And which group did the best? Well, when tested right after studying, the study, 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 study group did the best, recalling 83% of the passage. The study, study, study test group did second best, recalling 78%. And the study, test, test, test group did the worst, with a recall score of 71%. So at first glance, studying more seems to lead to better recall than taking a bunch of practice tests. But the problem, of course, 
is that how much you can remember right after studying is not as important as how much you can remember days or weeks later. And indeed, when tested a week later, the participants' performances totally flipped. This time, the study test-test-test group did best, recalling 61% of the passage, while the study-study-study-test group recalled 56%, and the study-study-study-study group only recalled 40%. So how could we apply this test-enhanced learning phenomenon to learning and memorizing music? British researcher Jane Ginsborg recruited 13 classically trained singers, four of whom were university students, four of whom were adult amateurs, and five who were professionals who made their living as freelancers or teachers. They were asked to memorize a 90-second song within two weeks, and they were allowed six 15-minute practice sessions, no more than one per day, to do so. Each singer recorded their practice sessions, which were then analyzed to see which approaches led to the fastest and most secure memory. There were several factors that separated the fast and accurate memorizers from the slow and inaccurate memorizers, but one of the main ones was, as you could probably guess, testing. Essentially, the best memorizers began testing their memory much sooner by trying to sing at least a few bars of the song from memory in their very first practice session, and this self-testing ramped up even more in their second practice session. The worst memorizers sang almost nothing from memory in the first practice session and didn't really begin testing their memory until their third practice session. The fast memorizers did make many more memory errors in their early practice sessions, but they fixed them and made fewer and fewer errors toward the latter practice sessions. These slow memorizers avoided errors early on by singing from the score, but they experienced more and more memory issues as they began testing themselves in the later practice sessions. And ultimately, they ended up making a ton of errors in their final session as they tried to cram the piece into memory at the very last minute. So what's the big takeaway? Well, testing your memory is uncomfortable, especially early on when the details are unclear or all jumbled up in your head. And you certainly don't want to learn the wrong notes or miss important articulation or phrase markings and such either. So it's easy to rationalize putting this kind of memory testing off until you feel like you've got the piece in your muscles and you know the piece well. But studies like the ones we looked at today suggest that self-quizzing is a key part of the memorization process. And if you don't have a lot of time to prepare, it's probably extra important to start testing yourself much sooner in the process than you might otherwise. As Ginsborg explains in her paper, quote, recall requires practice, and experts begin practicing recall earlier. After all, at the end of the day, it's way better to suffer through that loss feeling in the practice room than on stage. You can find links to this week's study and other related practice hacks at bulletproofmusician.com slash blog. If you found this episode helpful, please do share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think would also enjoy experimenting with it during the coming week. And if you'd like to explore this sort of thing in more depth, whether it be to get more out of your daily practice or to get better at managing performance pressure and shrinking that gap between what you can do in the practice room and what comes out on stage, You can learn more about the live and self-paced courses that are available at bulletproofmusician.com slash courses.